Welcome back to Mark My Words Football Podcast with Rob and Scott. This week, the NFL saw one of its best weeks of the year so far with the continuation of the legend of Josh Dobbs, along with an NFL record of six game-winning walk-off field goals. A very fun week, but we'll start with something that is not quite as fun for us, as we always do, recapping the Buffalo Bills. Uh, this week, the Buffalo Bills lost on Monday Night Football to the Denver Broncos 24-22. to Rob, what are your takes on this game? Well, yes, this was one of the exciting and frustrating walk-off field goal games as the Broncos knocked the last field goal of the game to go up 24-22 to and win the game. So the first impressions, and I, I know I'm beating a, a drum at this point, but run the ball more. I look at these stat lines, and I, the overall feel of the game was, man, James Cook and Latavius Murray are breaking out some good runs here. And you look back at the box score, and they are. I mean, they're averaging 9.1 yards a carry. In Cook's case, 7.6. Latavius Murray, yet only 12 carries and 9 carries. I mean, James Cook getting over 100 yards on 12 carries is crazy. It seems like you should have done that more. And when you look at the time of possession, that really indicates the fact that I mean, that, that's what really lost in this game is when you have that low time of possession, that's less drives, that's less time your offense has to put something together. And, I mean, like, that's what teams try to do when you have a quarterback like Josh Allen, an offense as potent as the Bills, is you want to keep them off the field as much as possible. So, I mean, just running the ball, establishing the run is a good idea at this point, and they just ha- haven't been able to do that despite some really good averages from their running backs. I wouldn't say they necessarily didn't do it enough because they ran and passed the exact same number of times, 26 each. So running 26 times isn't like they're not doing it enough. It, I think it was more the fact that their offense, their passing offense just couldn't do a thing. It looked absolutely atrocious the entire game as it has for weeks. That's been such a big issue. And I hope the fact of how the game ended won't cloud people's perception as much for what I think the biggest takeaways of this game should be the fact that uh, the offense looks terrible and that McDermott did call a really good game defensively with nothing, like his defense in shambles, and the terrible starts that Denver's offense was given. Yeah, that's true. Bills really need to start quicker. They just Every week they look like they're just not ready to play when that when the first half is there and you just really have to do a better job at, at starting i think that's also a reason why they don't run a lot is because they get in these big holes early on and they have to try to come back with the pass but they just really didn't even have the opportunity denver credit to them they did a really good job at kind of controlling this game and even though they did a good job i thought of that they still had the opportunity to lose it at the end and just some fortunate bills mistakes led them to went steal this game from the bills yeah, they kind of crazy in that fact. And I guess with the firing of Ken Dorsey this week, I would ask you, do you think that's the right move? I do. I would have to say I do. Although I don't think it's necessarily fair to Ken Dorsey because he was producing some good numbers. Um, I do think for the team, it's the right thing to do. You just you needed a boost. You needed something to change. Uh, this just wasn't going anywhere with, with the current situation. So I do think that we may see a boost in this next couple weeks with Dorsey being gone. So I do agree with the move. I would say I agree with it too, generally. When you see the same mistakes keep happening over and over again like that, you can't blame the players as much. I feel like the, at some point the coaches need to put you in a better position. 
Yeah, and he wasn't doing nearly a good enough job of getting the ball in his guy's hands, in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. Especially Diggs. What, do he have like three catches this game? I mean, that's ridiculous. Right. And with Allen, the things you can do with Allen, so dynamic. Like I said, like you you look at the Ravens, their RPO game is incredible. There's no reason why you can't do that with Josh Allen. Like He's just as much of a running threat as Lamar Jackson is with how physical he can be. Like There's no reason why you can't be making all these creative plays with him. And I feel like we just have not seen any of that this year. Yeah, the creativity for me, I think, is what seems to be at an absolute low for the Bills. I think that's a big reason why I'd, why I had been wanting to see Dorsey out myself. Right, and he just for some reason loves the shotgun. The shotgun runs and the shotgun passes, neither of which have worked. So I, I really do think that, yeah. Although, like, despite all that, the numbers have still been good overall on offense, but just those little key things that if you watch closely, you realize that he, he kind of needed to go. Yeah. And now with this Bills team, you're now 5-5 five and five, and with an absolute gauntlet coming up, like you're below a coin flip to make the playoffs at this point. Yes. I would – and I right now, I doing my uh, predictions, I did them a couple hours ago, I actually had them missing the playoffs, and I redid it and I had them missing playoff, playoffs again. So they're really going to have to pull something out of the hat for me with the tough schedule they have. Although now with the Browns losing Watson, that could open up some opportunities, but it's going to be an uphill battle for them to make the playoffs in the wild card spot. 100%. Like, losing this game really puts you behind it. If you had won this game versus Denver, you would have been in a much better position. Yeah. But now, like, you really can't lose. You cannot lose any of your divisional games. You cannot. And you've got to find a way to steal one or two of those games versus, like, Dallas or Philadelphia. Agreed. See if they can do it. I mean, I know they could – I think – I'm not ruling them out to lose any of these games like because they still have such a high ceiling. If they're playing – if they're firing on all cylinders, they can, you know, compete with any of the teams in the league. I still truly believe that. But – we just have yet to see them fire on all cylinders, except for maybe those early games when they faced, you know, the likes of the Dolphins and then the the Commanders and the Raiders. After that, after that Dolphins game, we really have yet to see them fire on all cylinders. But when they do, absolutely they can compete. So that's that's the hope is that you are able to see them really get things running smoothly again. Yes. And from there, we go on to the Green Bay Packers, who fell to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Losing a very close game, 23-19. to And this was quite a frustrating experience as a Packer fan for me to watch. But uh, what were your thoughts from this game? I think generally this is probably the, the best first half the Packers had certainly put together in a while. Putting up a couple of touchdowns in that first half. Yes. And they, they did get behind it a bit and were able to kind of crawl their way back in before a couple of key interceptions at the wrong time spelled the end for the Packers offense. Yeah, and that was the most frustrating part. And I know I've been pretty fair to Jordan Love this year, but those two interceptions with chances on both on drives where you could have taken the lead just really felt like it deflated this team. And that that combined with the frustration of not using the running game enough with Jones only 13 carries and Dylan with nine, despite the fact that Dylan was averaging almost eight yards a carry. Just unbelievable. Like the same mistakes just pop up again and again with the Packers, it seems like. They're not using their best playmakers. And the lack of being able to get Christian Watson in the mix, who was so electric last year, like I would really like to see him get more involved in this in this uh, passing game. But really kind of a frustrating experience for them. I, I, I am encouraged that they're able to get the first half numbers up, but you got to give your good players the ball. Yeah, and uh, to hold 
Pittsburgh to the passing numbers they were, it was good to see the passing defense finally step up a bit, although they really got crushed in the ground. Yes, and the ground, really, for me, it was the missed tackles. Like, they had 16 missed tackles this game. The previous two games, they had nine combined. And this is a season high for them. Just absolutely terrible tackling. And the Steelers just running all over. Although the Steelers have been getting a lot better with their runs lately. But, yeah, you just got to – just some some of those things, some of those those penalties are, are kind of stabbing them in the butt. And they're almost – I think they're last, actually, in penalties this year. Those missed tackles are a problem. So just these little things that you look to, the again, the coaching to fix, they're just not coming together right now. Yeah. I, I think this game ended up probably a little better, me feeling a little better about the Packers maybe than I – felt like I could have. I feel like this game could have been a lot worse. It could have looked a lot worse than they did. But still, just like we said, lots and lots of issues with this Green Bay team. Yes, because when you look at the box score and the stats, they outplayed the Steelers. I mean, they outgained them as you know every team has done this year. Uh, they you know they, they had more passing yards, more yards per play, and they, they just really. They had a, they they played well. I felt like they should have won the game, but again, the turnovers and then that Jones mistake at the very end should have went out of bounds, but went inside. To, to just I didn't understand that. Just a lack of awareness there burned a solid twenty seconds off the clock, and it just it was a game that just left a bitter taste in your mouth with the missed extra point, and then we needed a touchdown to be able to win it. Just a game that was very winnable, and and we lost it. So just kind of leaving with a bitter taste. Hopefully, we can get back on track against the Chargers next week. Everybody loves the good clown, and now it's time to meet the NFL's Clown of the Week for this week. There were a lot of good choices, I believe, for Clown of the Week in the NFL this week. But for me, this week's Clown of the Week is Buffalo Bills coach Sean McDermott. And I had said that I hoped that that end-of-game decisions wouldn't cloud as much of the takeaways, but the absolute clownery for these end-of-game decisions that McDermott had, like, he is completely deserving of the Clown of the Week. So, when you already took a zero blitz and knocked the Broncos out of field goal range, the logical thing to do would be to sit back just a little bit, it's not be not send no pressure at all, but don't send the house. It was very obvious what you were going to do. You're setting the house, and Wilson knew he had to let go right away, which caused the ball to sit in the air as long as it did and caused Taron Johnson to run right into Sutton, causing the pass interference. Now, they're back in field goal range again. Now it's 41-yard field goal, and the Broncos miss because you have 12 men on the field. You took a time out before the last kneel down. Why was your field goal unit not out there already? Like, hello? The, the defensive players seem utterly confused if you go back and watch that replay about who is supposed to be on the field. Like, if you could not have communicated during that timeout, like, what are you doing? Like, that was a terrible call to call zero blitz again, as well as just terrible mismanagement of your players for them to not know who was supposed to be out there for the field goal block. It lost you the game. 100% lost you the game. Like, it is not on the defense at all why you lost that game. Sean McDermott, you're the clown of the week. And with that, we go on to our game picks for Week 11. And just to recap Week 10 really quick, Scott had a quite a rough week here going 7-7, seven and seven, and I had an okay week going 9-5, and five, which brings our totals 
up to 97 and 53 for Scott and 91 and 59 for me. So Scott still with a six game cushion going into this week. And we will begin with Thursday night football. The Bengals taking on the Baltimore Ravens. Both teams coming off a close loss. Who do you like to rebound this week? I have the Ravens winning in this one. And I will have the Bengals. Yeah, both really interesting games that came down to last-second field goals there. Yes. The Bengals certainly had a chance to win it late with the drop-boy touchdown where the Texans were able to drive and take the win afterwards. And then the Ravens, on the other hand, held a really big lead in the fourth quarter and left too much time on the clock for the Browns to come back. Yeah, Lamar Jackson throwing those two interceptions and, you know, just not looking all that fantastic against the Browns, whereas Joe Burrow looked pretty good, was able to lead his team back, and T. Higgins with, or sorry, I think it was Tyler Boyd, with a terrible drop. Uh, I'm not sure if T. Higgins is going to be playing this game, which gives me a little bit of a pause. Bengals have some injuries on the defensive side as well with Hubbard and Hendrickson, but I do think the Bengals are playing a little bit better. They're kind of more on the rise, whereas the Ravens, you know, as we've discussed in weeks past, I believe that they kind of peaked already. So it should be a good game. I just, at the end of the day, I think I trust Joe Burrow more than Lamar Jackson. I don't hate that sentiment, but I, like I said, I still believe that the Baltimore Ravens are yet to peak. We shall I, I, see. Yeah. I think the best is yet to come from that offense. And yes, recall both of our mark my words last week. And uh, I think we're both sticking by our sentiments. Yeah, I, def- I definitely am. And me as well, yes. And then another AFC North battle, so the interdivisional battle here. We got the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Cleveland Browns. So this is going to be a very interesting matchup now that Deshaun Watson is injured and out for the year. Who do you have winning this game? I have the Browns winning this game. And I will have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I found it quite interesting that the line still really hadn't moved after the Watson injury was announced. Yeah, I found that interesting as well. Although this team, these teams did play a very close game back in week two. Very interesting one. But, man, this Steelers team, I cannot figure out how they're 6-3. and three. It is just awful offense. <laughs> well, they're amazing. That's how they're 6-3. <laughs> they're averaging 16.6 points per game, which is 29th in the league, as well as 278 yards per game, which is 29th in the league. Still minus 26 points differential. How are you 6-3 with a minus 26 points differential? It's the same as the Titans. There are no other playoff teams <laughs> Another good team. with a points differential in the minus other than Seattle, who is minus one. No other playoff teams. Well, Titans are, are, are playoff caliber, though they may not be in. <laughs> you can't even say that without laughing. No. No, but seriously, the, the Steelers, I feel so bad. Um, for you, because you, you 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 don't seem to get the Steelers after you th- I, I thought you would have learned after last year. Uh, yes, just, I have learned. I've learned that they're terrible. No, they are. The stats, I'll tell the you that. Steelers. Okay. There's not one single stat that tells you that they are good. Okay, well, okay. How about this? Steelers only losses: 49ers, Jags, Texans. All good teams. Very good losses. Haven't lost a terrible game this year. They're consistent. You know what they're gonna you're gonna get every single week. They play the same game. They run the same offense, same defense. You got TJ Watt wreaking havoc. They're great. They're the best situational team. Their offense is getting a little better this the last two weeks. On the on the ground, 166 yards running, 205 yards running in the last two games. 
And the crucial quarter, the fourth quarter, the game, the quarter that wins games, as you, as we pointed out with the Bills losing the game to the Broncos, the Steelers have outscored their opponents by 21 combined points over the last four games in the fourth quarter. So the Steelers, they know how to get it done when it matters. And, and for me, it's like I picked them to win the division. I never said they're going to be the best-looking team. But I know that the Steelers are a great situational football team. And if they can just get something going on the offense, they could be a really good heavyweight contender. As it stands now, I think they're somewhere in the midweight category. I highly disagree. I think they're nowhere near the caliber of teams as all the other teams in the midweight. Well, I think at the end of the year, that Ravens-Steelers game at the final, that could come down to the division, I think, if I, the Ravens ex- I don't. over-exceed. Okay, so I'll throw in something else then. Okay, mark my words. Oh, no. These Steelers will not win more than three games the rest of the year. <sighs> that is – what a disrespectful sentiment. So, like, look, who do they got? They're going to beat the Cardinals easily. Going to beat the Patriots easily. That's two wins right there. Well, I think they they can lose a lot of games. Let's see who they play. The they, ba- they play the Bengals twice still, the Browns, C- Seahawks, Ravens, and Colts. Steelers split. Like the they're Bengals. not going to win more than three. Steelers do not get swept by division opponents. They're going to beat the Bengals at least once, probably at home. They're going to beat the Patriots. They're tanking. They're going to beat the Cardinals. Give me a break. They're going to beat the Colts. That's four right there. I could see them. I can see them running. The, they have a better chance at running the table than winning only no, three games. No, that's ridiculous. They have a there's better. No, there's not a chance they could run the table. There's not, but there's not a chance they only lose three. They only win three. Oh, that's a good chance. No, a great no chance. Way. I, uh, you don't even no, believe that. Great. You don't even believe that. Five dollars. Yes, I, I believe it. Money yes. where your mouth is. Hundred dollars. <laughs> five. Let's do yes, five. Five dollars. Okay. All right. We have a new bet this year. Five dollars. Okay. okay. You can't see, but we are now shaking hands. Five dollars. All right. On the Steelers. I'd say my bet it's the Steelers will win three games or less. So at four games or more for Robert. Okay. There we go. <laughs> All right. It, it's on the books. On the books. Five dollar bet. Well, I, I you put your money where your mouth is, but we'll see. We'll see. So the Browns, though. Let's get get to them. So they lost Watson, they lost Chubb, they lost Conklin. So do you think they even have a shot now to make the playoffs? I would say they have a shot. To be contenders, I would say they they don't really have a shot to be contenders, but to make the playoffs, certainly, because they put themselves in a good position at 6-3, and three, and they really have one of the easier schedules in the league to finish out the year. So I think they do have a, a chance to make the playoffs, but if they do, I wouldn't I likely wouldn't take them very seriously with PJ Walker at quarterback. Yeah, I I, I pretty much agree with that 100%. The really easy schedule, it makes the whole situation really annoying and just really frustrating because it really looked like the Browns were banking and betting on this year being the year and it looked like they bet right cuz their defense is absolutely incredible. Like what a transition. Hiring Jim Swartz was a great move and Watson he looked like he was heating up. He hasn't played well, but he looked like he was heating up, leading them to a great victory, 14 for 14 in the second half, and 135 yards and a touchdown, just putting the Ravens away in that game. And the Browns, just I love, I've loved what they've done in every area except how they've handled the quarterback. I love the run game. I love the O-line. I love the defense. But the quarterback, they just completely messed up. I mean, when you traded Josh Dobbs, that's going to look like a now that could ruin your season. I never really thought they should have moved away from Baker. I mean, if you had Baker on this team all year, you would be so much better. The Browns this year have had the worst quarterback play in the entire league. 
this was a stat that I saw from, from Nick Wright posting this. NFL rank, Browns offense this year, completion percentage last, passing yards per game, 25th, touchdown interception ratio, 31st, passer rating, last. I mean, this is the worst quarterback team in the league, and they're still 6-3. and three. If you had serviceable quarterback play, you could be the top team in the AFC. So if you going forward, you just need to establish some consistency there, and I, I would agree, you have a shot to make the playoffs. But as for winning, doing anything in the playoffs, I think you've screwed yourself when you traded Dobbs away, and now your season is pretty much a wash at this point, which is unfortunate. Right. And from there, we go on to the Chicago Bears taking on the Detroit Lions. And the Bears coming up with an okay victory against the Panthers. Lions win a very thrilling victory against the Chargers. Who takes this game? I have the Lions winning in this one. And I do as well. For me, the Lions have just been such a good team. I, I know a lot of people have used phrases like grind it out and like how t- and talking about how tough they are and that kind of thing. They are. And while they do have some of those qualities, that's the, their offense is also top 10 in nearly every single category. Like, they have an absolutely elite offense. Like, they're not winning just because they're tough. They're winning because they're really good at offense. Like, yeah. Like, passing yards per play, like, rushing yards, like, almost every, like everything. Like, everything offensively, they're in the top 10. I think Ben Johnson, one of the best offensive coordinators in the league. They're super creative. He dials up the right plays at the right time. I think the Lions are 100% Super Bowl contenders, and they're in the one-seed competition right now in the NFC. Yeah, I would agree with that. But And I think they, it's time to consider them heavyweights. I've been a little bit slow to jump on that train. But the thing that 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 worries me with them is their ability to perform under – under pressure and when things aren't going well. So for me, there's kind of two ways an offense can be good. One is through the system, and another one is through the player. So an example. So with the Dolphins, for me, that's a system offense. Like you look at if Tua is – here's a Tua stat that I saw earlier. Tua, when when a pocket is clean, he is, has the second-best pass rating in the league with 118. When, it's, when he's pressured, it's 35th in the league. It's worse than Zach Wilson's pass rating when pressured. And that, to me, is a system. They have a great system. Mike McDaniels is one of the best offensive coordinators in the league, and he's able to dial up just perfect game plans. But when they face good teams that can knock them off their game plan, they don't have the star power to be able to, with Tua at the helm, to be able to overcome that. And the Chiefs, on the other hand, I think it's mostly about the players with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. It doesn't really matter what the defense throws at them. It may look ugly, but they'll reel back and they'll get the job done. For the Lions, I don't know if they have the star power in Jared Goff to be able to overcome a game plan wrecked, if you know what I mean. I, I And to me, they haven't proven that they can. They faced kind of cake this year, and I really like how they've looked, but the one thing that I would like to see from them is how, how do you do when you get smacked in the face? Can you come back from that? And for me, I, I don't think they've proven that they can yet. But I do love the Lions. Yeah, I would agree they haven't proven that they can, but I do believe that they have the the weapons necessary to be able to do that. Yeah, with Amon Ross St. Brown, Gibbs looks fantastic, Laporta's a stud. So there's a lot to like here. It's just I wish their schedule was harder because it's just for me it's just going to be difficult to evaluate them based on their opponents. Right. And then from there you got the Los Angeles Chargers taking on the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau. Chargers just losing to the Lions last week. Packers just losing to the Steelers. Which team has the revenge this week? I'll have the Chargers winning in this one. And sadly, I will as well. 
Yeah, a Green Bay team that is seems like their season has slipped away. And the Chargers, actually a team for me, where I feel like I could see them sneaking back into the playoff picture here looking at their schedule, to be honest. I mean, I, their offense has been there. Their defense has been what's plagued them the most, I think, with the Chargers. Their offense has especially looked good the last few weeks. So I, I actually kind of like the Chargers' outlook going forward as a playoff team. Yeah, I, I mean, I would if they weren't the Chargers. And I, I think Brandon Staley's got to go and that team. That defense is still atrocious. I mean, allowing 41 points. I know it's the Lions, but my goodness. I mean, there's just no excuse. When you're the defensive guy, you got to have a good defense. So I, I believe they brought Kellen Moore there to be the head coach. And so I think that change needs to happen. But um, they are more than good enough to take care of a Packers team who just doesn't know what their identity is at this point. The most youthful team in the league, and they're just they're looking like it right now. So I would definitely agree with the Chargers win this game then you have the las vegas raiders taking on the miami dolphins dolphins coming off a bye do you think the rest does them well with the win i do i do as well although i, I feel like this game could be sneakily closer than the spread is saying yeah raiders have looked a lot better after the firing of mcdaniels yeah and uh, i believe it's uh yeah 12 and a half point spread they've got for this one wowzer yeah so interesting there though the Miami Dolphins are definitely an interesting team going forward. See, I mean, they've lost all their marquee games so far. Yep. But they put themselves firmly in the playoff picture still, so now we'll see what they can do as the season continues. And then you have the New York Giants taking on the Washington Commanders. Giants just looking atrocious after getting mauled by Dallas. Commanders just losing a close one to Seattle. Who takes this win? All of the Commanders winning this one. And I will as well. Yeah, the Giants, the team that they've really seen their season go down the drain. Yeah. Although I don't know if anybody's said it yet or haven't really heard it, but I think this actually could be one of the best things that could have happened to that Giants team. Me too. I think last year was kind of an anomaly. Yeah, in that fact. So I do believe you've got a good front office and coach with uh, Brian Dable, but he was never going to be able to reach his full potential with Daniel Jones. Yeah. So I think, And they were never going to bottom out on their own. So I think this is actually really good for them to be able to get high in the draft and probably pick a pretty good quarterback. I completely agree with that, yeah. To be able to, I mean, I don't know what was going on with signing Daniel Jones to that amount of money. It kind of looked like they were truly invested in him. So I think that playoff season almost hurt them in, in that in that way. Right. But I think Caleb Williams is, is probably the best decision to try to tank for him, although there seems to be a couple teams trying to do that. And then you have the Dallas Cowboys taking on the Carolina Panthers. Cowboys flying really high after um, a moral victory against the Eagles and an absolute slaughtering of the Giants. Do you think they could get trapped here against the Panthers? I do not. I think they'll win this one. And I do as well. But with Dallas, there's no telling when they can come out and just look awful. If only they could play the Giants every week. Yes. <laughs> what is a combined score of, of that just must be insane. I believe the the points margin was 72 they won by. <laughs> oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah, that was just an absolute slaughter. Every time I turned back to that channel where the Cowboys were playing, like just the sacks after sacks and interceptions and just touchdowns everywhere. Just awful. Yeah, I mean, if you had any Cowboys on your fantasy team, you were very happy with that performance. Over oh. 600 yards of offense. Wow. Woo. Amazing. Yeah, Cowboys, I mean, they beat up on bad teams like nobody else can do. I mean, they just look absolutely dominant against the worst teams in the league. If only they could look that way against the good ones. (laughs) 
And then you have the Tennessee Titans against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars just really just haven't seemed to put on the gas so far this season. Do you think things can change against the Titans? I think they'll win versus the Titans. I do as well, but I'm not confident that they'll look like the Jaguars we've all been waiting to see. Right. Yeah, I think even though they were on that five-game winning streak there, which was impressive, I think uh, a lot of what we had thought about, or what I had thought about the Jaguars coming into the season had started to come true there about them being close to a one seed with the schedule they've had, but not being one of the better teams. I think that's really played out where they've they've got a good record, but they're still not great. Yeah, and I I must say I was wrong on the Jaguars. I picked Lawrence to be the MVP, and I thought they would just look like one of the top dogs. I thought it would be the Chiefs and the Jags that we would all conclusively say would be the top dogs in the AFC. That has not panned out yet. And Trevor Lawrence having his probably his worst career game against the Niners, just them getting slaughtered. So I think they're good enough of a team to respond with a nice win against the Titans here. But I really would like to see more out of this talented Jaguars offense. 100%. And then you have what should be a very fun game between the Arizona Cardinals, led by Kyler Murray, and the Houston Texans, led by C.J. Stroud. Who do you think wins this matchup? Yeah, not many people at the start of the season would have thought this matchup was going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be a really nice game to watch. But I love the Texans winning this one. I do as well. C.J. Stroud, do you think he has a bid for MVP? After last week, he's certainly in the conversation. Yeah. What a surprise! I mean, what a surprise! Like, I don't think anyone could have seen this coming, and it's just—it's incredible. And you outduel Joe Burrow in Cincinnati after coming off an incredible performance against Baker Mayfield. I mean, just an incredible season so far for Stroud. I think he's 100% locked up the offensive rookie of the year, and he's deserved to be mentioned in that MVP conversation right now. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. Just one of the best watches all year long. Now, and don't look now. Texans are only one game back of the divisional lead. Yeah, that's true, and they already have beaten Jacksonville. Right. So, yeah, that would be really fun to see the Texans slip in there. Yeah, very interesting. And then you got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the San Francisco 49ers, both teams coming off wins. Who do you think wins this one? I the 49ers winning this one. And I do as well. 49ers back to looking like that team that we all saw earlier in the year after getting off that three-game losing streak. Yeah, and I, I really don't think we uh, had any doubts that they were still a heavyweight contender in the league. Yeah, I, I still view them as my, my number one team in the NFC. I, I think they're the best team in the league right now. I do as well. I, I mean, with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, I don't want to count them out. I think it's very close between the Niners and the Chiefs at this point, but I will give the edge to the Niners. They just have an, an incredibly stacked roster with the addition of Chase Young. That D-line is going to be even better. So I think they give the Buccaneers a lot of problems here and win. Mm-hmm. Then you have the New York Jets taking on the Buffalo Bills. Both teams coming off frustrating losses. Who gets the win here? I have the Bills winning this one. And I do as well. Yeah, I think that uh, inflation from firing the offensive coordinator is going to come into play this this week, and we're going to see a little bit of an explosion from that momentarily. I feel yeah. like otherwise I would have picked the Jets this week. Yeah, maybe, because the, 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 the Bills just seem to really struggle against the Jets. Although they they had their they already had their uh, customary loss to them this year in week one, but uh, yeah, that something about when you fire a coach the week after you come out really strong. So that's that was the when I when I saw this game that was all I could think about was that kind of uh, trend in the league. So I, I had to go with the Bills here. Right. And then you have the Seattle Seahawks taking on the L.A. Rams, and who do you think wins this divisional matchup? I have Seattle winning this one. Wow, I'm surprised. I I do have the Rams here. So you're off the Rams, I take it. Yes. Yeah, I'm off the Rams. They've disappointed me. Yeah. 
I, I called them uh, legit playoff contenders a few weeks ago, and they have seriously let me down after that. They have. <laughs> Although Stafford's injuries kind of played into that. I mean, it has, but I think they've also looked not as good as they should have when he was in. I agree with that as well. But I would also say Seattle hasn't looked too impressive either over, over the last few weeks. Oh, I would 100% agree with that. And I said that I said as much last week when I picked the Commanders. Yeah. Is that I think Seattle has struggled against teams that should be worse than them. Right. And it, for me, it's just like, what, do you, what is your plan with Geno Smith? Can you really win with him? And I think the answer is no. I mean, he's a good enough quarterback, but is he really going to take you to any sort of legitimate contender status? And I just I don't think that's the case. And against a divisional opponent, weird things can happen. And uh, I guess that's why I'll take the Rams here. They're coming off a bye as well. And Rams already beat them once this year. Yeah, so it could happen again. I guess I'm banking on Sean McVay and the Rams here. And then you got Sunday night football, Minnesota Vikings, Denver Broncos. Who takes the victory? I have the Vikings winning this one. And I do as well. I think people are riding a little bit high on the Broncos after defeating the Bills and Chiefs and some very sloppy games for each of those teams. Yeah. Vikings, on the other hand, seem to have a little bit of magic with Josh Dobbs right now. Yeah. I mean, he came there at the right time, too, because it seemed like they were already picking up steam when Cousins got hurt. And then he comes in and wins that game, and the locker room vibes were electric. I mean, he's one of those guys that the teammates just love, and he's a really good presence for that team. Yeah, just a pretty cool story there for the Vikings. Yeah. I think Josh Jobs, I really like this guy as a quarterback, and I believe that he could lead them to the playoffs. Yeah, and I think even with him at quarterback, although I don't know that they would be contenders if they did make the playoffs, that you can get them there. I think they firmly position themselves in such a way. They're two games ahead of the next team that's out of the playoff picture right now. Yeah, and defense is looking a lot better as well. I mean, the last few games you forced the 49ers to 17 points forced the Packers to 10, and he forced the Saints to 19. I mean, the defense is playing a lot better than they were last year, no doubt. Yeah. I think you're just seeing a, whole, a better team overall than you did last year, even though maybe the record won't reflect it. I mean, even for this game individually, I think that their offense can do enough to top the Broncos. Yeah. Something that agree. Buffalo couldn't do last week. <laughs> yes, I do agree that people are a bit too high in the Broncos. I think the Chiefs and the Bills, that was more of a of the case of them having – bad weeks than the Broncos just doing an amazing job of shutting them down. Right. And finally, you have a maybe the best primetime game of the year, Super Bowl rematch, Philadelphia Eagles, Kansas City Chiefs. Do the Eagles get their revenge? I think they do. Was I the Philadelphia Eagles winning this one? Ooh, and I will go with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, certainly one of the best and most fun matchups of this year has to offer. Yes. You know, and some interesting seasons from each of these teams. I mean, we have Philadelphia with their defense losing a lot of pieces and looking not quite as good, but I think very explosive still. And on the other hand, Kansas City having some offensive struggles at times, although with Pat Mahomes at the helm, you can't ever really think they're going to struggle for too long. Mm-hmm. And the Eagles have snuck away with a couple games that maybe I thought they should have lost, but I think that will finally come back to bite them in this game here against a really good Chiefs team. I think the Chiefs are still the best team in the NFL. I think they're going to get things figured out with the passing game. And I really do think that Patrick Mahomes will come in clutch in this game and we'll all be reminded that he's still the best quarterback in the league. So I will go with the Chiefs here. And now we get into our underdog locks of the week. So to recap last week, Scott went with the Carolina Panthers and they lost. 
I went with the Cleveland Browns, and guys, they won. Yes, and it brings my record to an illustrious one and nine, and you dropped to two and seven. So, hoping to both improve on our records, who do you have as your underdog lock for this week? This week, my underdog lock of the week is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, bold! And who yeah, do you have? I will have the Minnesota Vikings over the Denver Broncos. For so two games that we had both talked about. Yes. For me, the Eagles, that was a team that just popped off the page to me right away when I was looking at my lines. The Vikings were also the game I liked second best. But for me, the Eagles, I like them as a team better than the Chiefs right now. Not by much, but right now, I like the Eagles better than the Chiefs, how they're looking at this moment. I think right now the their offense is looking a bit better. I think Chiefs' defense is looking better. But I, I do believe in the philosophy that uh, good offense can beat great defense. Yeah. So, and therefore, I have the Eagles winning this week, and they're my underdog lock of the week. And I, I definitely agree with that. I love how the, the Chiefs also – I love how the, sorry, the Eagles run their offense, and they just look like a very sturdy team all around. I think that this is probably going to – might be – is a good shot to be a Super Bowl rematch here. And uh, I, for me, the Vikings – I was surprised the Vikings were even underdogs. I thought I would have to go with the Rams for this segment. But once I saw the Vikings were underdogs against the Broncos, I knew I had to go with Jeff Dobbs and the Vikings. I believe in that magic. And now let's see if we can continue with some magic of our own here as we will transition to Rob's fantasy starts and sits of the week. How did last week go for us? All right, so after two weeks of doing very well, this week was a bit of a step in the wrong direction. So for the starts, I had James Cook as a start, and he was running back number 25, finishing with 12 carries and 109 yards. With a 9.1 average, the Bills got to run the ball more. So even though this was a miss, um, it's completely not my fault, and I'm completely absolved of that. <laughs> then you had DeAndre Hopkins, who I told you to start, and he finished as wide receiver number 60 with only three catches and 27 yards, so not great there, two misses. And in the sits categories where we nailed them, we had Ramondre Stevenson was a sit. He finished as the number 24 running back with only 88 yards on the ground. And Saquon Barkley, I told everyone to sit, and he finished as the 34th ranked running back. Dallas really doing a good job of shutting him down. So this week, looking to get back on track, I will have, for the starts, Brian Robinson Jr. on here for, I believe, the fourth time this year. And coming off his biggest game of the year, he has had eight ca- eight runs for 38 yards, six catches for 119 yards and one touchdown. This is really the first game all year where he really got involved in the passing game, which is a great sign to see. So I think he'll have another big week. He's been really good this year, very good with touchdowns every week, facing the Giants, who have given up a touchdown to running backs four weeks in a row. And I would also start James Cook again this week. So he is fifth in yards per carry. He has a 5.1 average this year on the ground and with 
a new offensive coordinator in there, I think he'll realize that James Cook is the real deal. So start Cook this week. And for the sits, I have Dalton Schultz versus the Cardinals. So the Cardinals are fourth against tight ends. And Dalton Schultz really hasn't been getting that many catches, only been getting three or four receptions per game this year. And he's very dependent on big plays and touchdowns, which the Cardinals do not give up to tight ends. So sit Dalton Schultz. And I would also sit Mike Evans facing the San Francisco defense. The new San Francisco pass rush with Chase Young should cause major problems for Baker Mayfield and the Bucks. Even though Baker Mayfield is good versus pressure, he will really struggle, I believe, because the 49ers will focus solely on locking down the Buccaneers' best and only real receiving threat in Mike Evans. Even though Chris Godwin is there, he has not produced really at all year. So sit Mike Evans this week. And then we go on to Scott's parlays. So, Scott, how did you do last week, and what did you have dialed up for this week? So close, but no cigar last week, as we had wins with the Lions and Cardinals, but the Jets' narrow loss on Sunday Night Football spelled the end of our parlay. So this week, we'll hope to be getting into the winning column with our Week 11 parlay of the L.A. Chargers, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Minnesota Vikings. So both Chargers and the Seahawks uh, have gotten at some lower numbers. I think the Chargers, at the number you're getting, versus the Packers is a no-brainer for me because I think they should get an easy win there. And Seahawks, in a close game divisionally, where it's unsure if Matt Stafford will play that, I do like their number there as well. And then the Vikings, as underdog versus Denver, I really like as well. So for this week, pick the LA Chargers, Seattle Seahawks, and Minnesota Vikings on the money line. Yes, hope to continue your pretty successful year with your parlays. Total of 21-9 and this year. Still been very good for the year. Better than a 2-to-1 ratio. And that will take care of the podcast for this week. We appreciate your viewership. Feel free to like, follow, and subscribe. We are on all platforms. And this has been Mark My Words Football Podcast with Rock and Scott. And we are tuning in.